What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll talk about the NBA draft, which is set to take place on Thursday night. We'll also dip into some free agency talk as that is right around the corner as well. Then we'll talk about how Team USA is doing in the Olympics, and we'll also discuss the latest updates in the Aaron Rodgers saga now that training camp starts this week. All this and more on episode 205 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 205 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own. Tyler Pacholke, what's up, TP? How are you, man? Good, man. It's uh, feels like it's fancy football season now. Yes, we're getting close. Getting ready to rock. Yes, we we got some text messages going in the group chat for the TSK Show Fantasy Football League yesterday. Yeah, the it's, it's begun. The itch has started. Yes, the wheels are in motion, as they say. Yeah. And then I watched Space Jam last night. There it uh, is. I said I, I would get it in before this episode uh, so I could give my review real quick uh, since Tyler did it last week, and he is rocking the LeBron yeah. James Toon Squad jersey, and I must say it is it's a pretty dope, sick in person. It's a dope jersey. It yeah. turned out it turned out uh, pretty legit, even better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the movie, um, we were, we were kind of talking about it as as we were walking into the studio um listen if i was a kid i probably would have loved it if i was a under 12 year old kid probably i probably would have loved it yep but as being someone who and I, i said this to you before uh as someone who has said a lot of stuff about lebron james in a negative fashion in the past before that was quite yeah no they quite the ego stroke yeah yeah they do but they also make fun of you know they play no, with them a lot they do make fun of him a lot um i will say uh his older son getting hit in the ball getting hit in the face with the ball twice that was pretty funny yeah um th- no they did they did i mean i feel like they did the movie right for what they were going for it was a kid's movie it's a yeah. Looney Tunes movie exactly uh they can't just do the exact same thing that and that's what i will say I do love the fact that it had nothing to do yeah. with 
the original movie. The, the storyline was completely different. The game stipulations were completely yep. different. We did see the little monster aliens in it. That was that yeah, was pretty. That cool. was the one callback, which was sick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think they they did a good job of what they were going for. Are there some corny moments, of course? Yeah, there there were definitely corny moments, uh, a plenty. Um, but that, that's, it was you know, that's what it's going to be if you watched a PG movie. Yeah, listen, I've seen it once. I don't need to see it again. Uh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch the original now. Yeah. Uh, just for nostalgia's sake and and all of that. But it it wasn't that bad. It got very bad reviews on the internet. Yeah. I but, mean, it, it was a bunch of like, it's a bunch of, you know, grown men revealing it. So yeah. I think it's a little tough on the movie. Yeah. But all right, enough about Space Jam. We got a lot to talk about tonight. The NBA draft is coming up this week. We got free agency next week. We got the Olympics going on. NFL training camp has started. We got all this and more to talk about. But before that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. It's so crazy, Tyler, how last week we were talking about how the Bucks had won the NBA championship, and now here we are this week, and it's already the NBA draft. Yeah. It's it's just a, a product of this uh expedited timeline uh given what happened with the COVID-19 pandemic but I did see the NBA put out a release today of some key dates for next season and those those were promising yes it looks like we are on track to to get back to that October regular season start date and and mid-June end of finals this should hopefully be the last of the repercussions is this season yes this upcoming season will will hopefully be the last of the repercussions but the the start of this next season is of course the nba draft and that happens to be this upcoming thursday night and the nba draft the number one overall pick it is the detroit pistons the the number two overall pick is the Houston Rockets. They also have the number 23 pick, which comes from the Portland Trailblazers, and the number 24 pick, which comes courtesy of the Milwaukee Bucks. The third overall pick is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Fourth, Toronto Raptors. Fifth, Orlando Magic. Sixth, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who also have the number 16 pick, which comes from Boston, and the number 18 pick, which comes from Miami. Then the number seven pick is the Golden State Warriors, which is the first of their two lottery picks. Uh, That comes from Minnesota. 
The eighth overall pick is the Orlando Magic, which comes from Chicago. The ninth overall pick is the Sacramento Kings. The tenth overall pick was just traded reportedly yesterday. It first belonged to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now it reportedly belongs to the Memphis Grizzlies. The 11th overall pick is the Charlotte Hornets, 12th San Antonio Spurs, 13th Indiana Pacers, and then 14th the Golden State Warriors. That That is their second lottery pick. Uh, like I said, they, they also have the seventh pick. So, Tyler, the lottery, what what do you make of the lottery uh, before before I round out the rest of the draft real quick? There's There could be some movement. Um, there already has been with New Orleans and Memphis reportedly. We'll, we'll talk about that trade in a little bit, but but what do you see in the lottery? Yeah, well, like, uh, you know, as far as trades and movements go, I think um, Golden State's kind of the, the obvious one. Yeah, with two picks. Just because I think Orlando has, they have two high picks, but they kind of need them. They're in a rebuild process. They're looking for young talent. Yeah. They're not going to try and, you know, pull a win, move, win now move. Um, so I definitely think we'll see some movement uh, after the top five. I think the top five picks will probably be pretty safe. <clears throat> and then, I mean, as far as this draft goes, uh, you know, obviously we didn't watch. There wasn't as much college basketball to watch um, in the last year and a half or so. So these guys, if they're coming out of college, you know, I haven't seen a ton of basketball from But there's yeah. a lot of these guys I've, I remember from prep days. Uh, it's just not a it's not an outstanding draft class to me it's not something that like jumps off the page I don't necessarily see any future MVPs in this draft class there's some all-stars for sure um, you know maybe you know maybe uh, those top four guys could possibly be franchise you know type players perennial all-stars but um, it's not a super deep class or a super high high you know ceiling class to me yeah so Yesterday, Adrian Wojnarowski reported from ESPN that uh, the Pistons, who have the number one overall pick, they they were still having discussions about whether they were going to be drafting Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, or Evan Mobley with the number one overall pick. Cunningham is the number one overall rated player in this year's draft class, with Green and Mobley following behind him on ESPN's big board. Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs is the fourth-ranked player, according to ESPN. Now, Cade Cunningham, he's a 6'8 point guard and was the Division I freshman of the year this past season for Oklahoma State. Jalen Green is a 6'6 shooting guard who played for the G League Ignite team last season. So he skipped his uh, college uh, years and foregoed uh, his eligibility uh, in, in the NCAA and decided to play for that G League Ignite team in their inaugural season last season. Yep. And then Evan Mobley is a 7-footer who won Pac-12 freshman of the year. He won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year and Pac-12 Player of the Year for USC this past season. And then Jalen Suggs is a 6'4 point guard who was the West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year and helped lead Gonzaga to an almost perfect season. So those those are the top four guys um, that are, are ranked on ESPN's big board. Tyler, uh, are there any other guys that you think that, that stick out to you in this draft? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some guys in different ranges that I like. Um, I think Jonathan Kaminga coming off the Ignite team with Jalen Green uh, and Scotty Barnes are two guys that are going to go in the top 10. And probably, you know, I, I'm not going to say they're going to be a contributor right off the jump, but 
Those are guys that are really young teenagers that could uh, develop into really good, their athletic forwards. I mean, so the game's kind of built for those guys to succeed right now. Um, and then I also, there's a one international guy I'm super excited about. Uh, his name is Josh Giddy. He's from Australia. He's like a 6'8", 6'9", guard. Um, so he's kind of got that, uh, he's kind of got that swaggy game to him, you know, the the white chocolate kind of style of basketball. <laughs> um, he's a gifted passer, gifted ball handler, obviously great vision being like a 6'9 guy. Um, I've been following him for a couple of years, and he actually just um, announced that he was going to go to the NBA maybe half a year ago. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do and where he goes. Uh, and then Cody Kispert out of Gonzaga, I think could be somebody that's like uh, Cameron Johnson uh, or, or you know, Sadiq Bey for the Pistons this year where he just contributes right away. He's a 22-year-old. He's a 22-year-old compared to, like, most of these kids are 19. Yeah. Uh, coming from Gonzaga, you know, he's a polished basketball player, and he's the best outside shooter in the draft. So um, Kispert can go anywhere and make a team better. Now the guys in the Laker range, I got four. Well, names. let's let's talk about the the back half of the draft real quick. We got the the Wizards at fifteen, the the Grizzlies. Well, like I said, Oklahoma City also is at sixteen and eighteen. The Grizzlies reportedly traded that number seventeen pick to New Orleans for that ten pick, in addition to some other pieces that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, so New Orleans is reportedly now in the seventeen slot. Then it's Oklahoma City again at 18, uh, the Knicks at 19, Hawks 20, Knicks again at 21. That comes from Dallas. I think that's from the Porzingis trade, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right if it's coming from Dallas. Uh, then we got the Lakers at 22, Clippers at 25, uh, Nuggets at 26, Nets 27, 76ers 28, Suns 29, Jazz 30. Um, yeah. As far as the Lakers go, for me, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about any of the guys that they've worked out or are potentially targeting at number twenty-two. But I think they're definitely going to be looking at. Hey, they've they're, done they're, they've done really well in oh, this range. Listen, I have the utmost faith in the scouting department and THT, and all of that. Tht and Kuzma of late. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And but Clarkson. They're going to be looking, I think, for a guy that's going to be ready to contribute right yeah. away. I, and I think it's going to be either a guard or, or a wing. Um, and I think that's just going to be based on if things don't go as planned yeah, in free agency and trades. So Yeah, and there's just not very many big guys rolling around that yeah. in the NBA. There have been reports of them trying to move up in the draft as well. One trade that was reported that got turned down was Kyle Kuzman, the number 22 overall pick to the Indiana Pacers for the number 13 overall pick. So that would have moved the Lakers into the lottery. Uh, and then there, there would also be some salary filler in there from Indiana, but Indiana turned it down reportedly. Yeah. See, I like, I got, I've got four names on, on my list is like 20 to 30 guys. Maybe. Well, honestly, I, I, I won't even say 20, maybe like 20 to 40. They, they like, they definitely could go in the second round, but I feel like these are guys that are going to get drafted. Um, they're borderline first round picks, maybe a second round pick. Sharif Cooper from Auburn. Okay. He's a small guard that's just uh he led he led the uh AAU circuit in scoring 
He's the 17th ranked uh, player right now on ESPN. Yeah, so he board. would be like a good pick for them. He would be a, if a guy that, if he's available at 22. Yeah, he he'd be a guy that could contribute instantly off the bench as your backup point guard, being a scorer and a playmaker. We got Josh Christopher, who is um, Jay Gupp, who is a a social media kind of legend. I would say um, he's a lot of these young guys' favorite player. Played at ASU this year. He's a one and done. He's got an NBA body. I don't know where his maturity is at uh, as far as just being a pro a pro basketball player. Okay. Uh, but Josh Christopher has a has a huge ceiling. Um, super athletic, tax rim. He's a fun, he's got a fun style. Uh there's a kid named Isaiah Todd. He's another one of these guys that was a prolific AAU guy, um, highly ranked, McDonald's All American, one and done, yada yada. Um, I do like him and he could be a guy that goes to Lakers. And then the last one who I feel like is very uh, possible is Brandon Boston. Okay. All right. Interesting. Just because of his relationship with, with Braun. Yeah. Clutch, you know, all of that. All that being, he lived in Los Angeles for a year. Um, he, you know, he, uh, he's coming off of a traumatic ex- life experience with, you know, witnessing being there and witnessing the death of Terrence Clark. Yeah. Um, and let's shout out T- Terrence Clark real quick. This, this one would be, you know, he'd be in this, in this lottery. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, Sharif Cooper, Josh Christopher, Isaiah Todd, Brandon Boston, those guys are all um all one and dones, all young kids. Uh, but I think that they're gonna go later in the draft and they have some some bigger potential. The latest ESPN mock draft that I saw had the Lakers drafting Jared Butler from Baylor, the point guard. Yeah, and I, I could see them going upperclassmen. I, all the guys I named were young. Uh, and that's yep. It's still Jared Butler, but they got Sharif Cooper going right after him. Okay, so hey, it could be in, that that could happen. Sharif Sharif Cooper to me is a guy that's got a lot of potential to be an All Star, and he's going to get drafted outside the lottery. This kid can play. I mean, he can get a bucket. He's a he's a real fun. Uh, just I mean, I think you know people try to compare him to like a Kyrie, just a wizard with the basketball, puts yeah. the ball in the hole. Now. There, like I said, were reports of the the Lakers trying to trade up into the lottery. There, there could be some some movement. Otherwise, as far as this for, uh, number one overall first round pick, excuse me, uh, getting packaged in a a bigger deal for the Lakers for a bigger superstar. We we don't know what could happen with this uh, number two number twenty two overall pick for the Lakers. Uh, we also kind of talked about the Warriors already with their two lottery picks with um, the potential of those two picks being moved. Uh, there have been rumors of Ben Simmons, maybe Bradley Beal. We, we don't know what could happen there. And then we've already seen the the number 10 and number 17 overall pick get moved uh, reportedly. The, the Pelicans and Grizzlies, they reportedly agreed to a trade that would send Jonas Valanciunas and the number 17 overall draft pick, as well as the number 51 uh, overall draft pick in the second round to New Orleans for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the number 10 overall pick, and pick number 40. Uh, the Pelicans, they're also sending a 2022 first-round pick that belonged to the Lakers to Memphis, and, and that pick is going to be top 10 protected. That pick is obviously from the Anthony Davis trade, so the Pelicans are already moving on from assets that um, the Lakers have traded them. 
But New Orleans, this move gives them the salary cap space to now match an offer sheet for restricted free agent guard Lonzo Ball, or it gives them the flexibility to pursue unrestricted free agent point guards if Lonzo Ball decides to move on and they don't decide to match an offer sheet. The Pelicans, they're, they're also working to re-sign free agent, uh, restricted free agent, excuse me, Josh Hart. Uh, the Pelicans, they, they could have as much as $36 million in salary cap space if they were to lose Ball and Hart, and it would drop to $25 million if only Ball left and Josh Hart stayed. Bobby Marks from ESPN said that due to specific contracts and salaries involved, this trade can't officially be finalized until August 6th. So when New Orleans picks, the, picks at 10 on Thursday night, they will be picking for Memphis. And then when Memphis picks at 17, they'll, they'll basically be picking for New Orleans if everything still goes according to plan with this trade. But Tyler, what, what are your thoughts on this trade? I, I think it's a great move for Memphis. Yeah. And a good move for New Orleans as well. I, th- I think it's a win-win for both. It is. Um, it is. On the surface value, I my gut reaction was I like Steven Adams. So I was like, damn, s- sending, you know, the 10th pick overall on Steven Adams. But with the uh, with the cap, you know, the cap space release, the you know, getting rid of Bledsoe helps them out. Well, and they just agreed to an extension when they traded for Adams with Steven Adams. So it it kind of gets them off the books with that as well. But yeah. I just think ultimately you know, for, for what New Orleans is trying to do, I think Valanciunas is a better center to, to yeah. put around guys like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. If yeah. Lonzo Ball sticks around, I think it's a it's a good scenario for, for Valanciunas yeah. and the Pelicans. Because I definitely, you know, I definitely think Steven Adams is a better player than Valanciunas. Um but he's a different player. Steven Adams is a pick and roll guy, like high pick and roll guy. You know, you think of his days with Russell Westbrook all those years in OKC, and that's exactly what Zion does. So, uh, you know, they kind of create a log jam with the pick and roll scenarios and the paint scenario. <laughs> Jonas is 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 not you know not that active guy on the pick and roll. He's more of a you know big body. He doesn't really shoot. I mean, he shoots at a high percentage, but he, I think he can I, stretch the floor better than Steven Adams. He though. can stretch it better than Steven Adams, but I mean, he's still taking one a game. You know, he's not, not, it's not Brooke Lopez. No, there. he's not a threat, but it is, you know, so I do, the more I've looked at it, the more I think it is a, a, a more fair trade. Um, even though, you know, you're giving, getting rid of two good basketball players, you're getting a bunch of cap in return. You didn't drop too far in the draft. Uh, and you're getting players that fit your system better. Well, and it's already been reported by Chris Haynes that Eric Bledsoe, he's not going to be in Memphis for very long. He yeah. He's realistically not going to start the season with them. He'll he'll find a new home at some point this offseason. He's coming off a down year in New Orleans when he was coming off one of his best years, arguably a career year, the, the year prior. So um, I know he got hurt last year, so he, he's been dealing with that. So... We we'll see what Eric Bledsoe still has left on the table, but I, I think there's still something left from him. From him, he, he, there is. He just needs he needs the right situations. He's kind of a weird player, undersized scoring guard. Um, he he'll find a spot for sure. Someone said Eric Bledsoe plays basketball like Miles Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of that's kind of funny. I don't know if I've ever noticed that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think I it's, think more it's just the build and, yeah, and what yeah, they look no, like. That's, it's, that's what I mean. He's just uh, he's a different type of dude. He needs the right scenario. Um, and hopefully he can find it. But ultimately, yeah, I think it's a good move. Uh, Stephen Adams is a huge gift for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Now, with NBA free agency starting on August 2nd with players and teams being able to start negotiating contracts and then they can finally put pen and ink to, to paper on August 6th, if Lonzo Ball were to receive an offer sheet, this now gives New Orleans the flexibility to match it. And I think that should be one of their top priorities is keeping Lonzo Ball. He, I think, is going to be one of the most sought-after free agents this this summer. And, I mean, listen, the Lakers might even try and take a flyer on him. They, yeah, they've been rumored be to be linked to him. I mean, there's there's rumors swirling every right everywhere right now with free agency. There's there's a lot of questions about what the Lakers will will do. Will they sign Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan? Will they trade for Russell Westbrook? Will they trade for Buddy Heald? Like I said, will they reach out to Lonzo Ball? If Chris Paul opts out, would the Lakers go after him to try and team him up with LeBron? Yeah, it's going to come from somewhere. They're going to make a move regardless. Um, and it could be a number of guys. And then around the league, is Kawhi Leonard going to come back to the Clippers? What what happens in, with John Collins in Atlanta? Kelly Oubre is looking to bounce back after a down year with Golden State. Where does he land? I mean, this, this all happening... And we we talked about it when we started talking about this. This all happening yeah. so quickly after the NBA Finals, it's very weird and yeah, it's it's all happening quickly. It's it's very moves, fast moves forward. Moves are going to be made, um, but I mean, I think once the dust settles, there'll be a couple of big headliners. But this isn't necessarily going to be the craziest of the crazy. Yeah. Now I do think we i feel like we say this all the time a lot of the big guys that are available are kind of restricted in some way there's not yeah there's not a lot of there's not a very much talent that's unrestricted free agents well and with this free agency class a lot of it was like everybody was going to be waiting on Giannis, and then he ends up signing last summer and he stays in milwaukee so that kind of takes care of all of that and then the next one was Kawhi, and then he gets hurt so it's like really we don't know what he's gonna do yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting, no no doubt. The Lakers are definitely going to be in the mix to make the play. They uh, don't have a lot of money to spend, but there's a lot of salary cap gymna- gymnastics that they could do to where they could pull something off and and make a big splash. Yeah, n- yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. They can you know they can essentially get any deal done that they they really need to um, if the if the other team is willing you know to make it happen yeah and um, I mean, if they want to if they want a player and the other team's trying to get it to them they'll find a way yeah i mean listen we'll we'll talk more about free agency next week once teams are allowed to start negotiating with players but i just wanted to get some early thoughts from you on that um to to wrap up the draft um i was saying i feel like we say it a lot but this year with so many teams looking to to try and take that next step I really do feel like we are going to see a lot of movement on Thursday night with with yeah. with trades. Yep, I I think you're right. I mean, looks like everybody's kind of. I mean, there's so many teams in the lottery that are trying to make moves. There's teams that are playoff contenders. Everybody's trying to get better right now. Well, and there's just so and many just teams. That's a, a short period of time to you know draft players and sign players, so to get stuff done at the draft. And not kind of worry, you know, things are going to move fast. So it's it's, it's all going to be accelerated. 
Yeah, definitely. And the draft is an easy place to make trades because you still have all that value with the unknown. Yeah, exactly. And and at the end of the day, until the picks are made, they're just assets and 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 that unknown, like you said. And yeah. with so many teams, I think having so many like so many teams having multiple picks in the first round, I think we are going to see a lot of movement with those picks. The Raptors are looking good. I, I like what the Raptors got ahead of them. They have good talent on their team right now. Uh, young talent as far as Siakam and Boucher, even OG, uh, Van Vliet. And now they're going to get the fourth pick, you know, looking like a Jalen Suggs, Mobley, or even Jalen Green. And, and like, if, if they lose Kyle Lowry to free agency, Which I think... they're going to. I would already assume to kind of just count him out. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I really think that they're they're building around the Van Vliet, OG, you know, Siakam and Boucher. I think that's their that that's their future. Yeah. Now, all right that that about does it for uh, the NBA draft. It, it does take place Thursday night, so we will definitely be tuned into that. Now, I wish I had some sort of Olympic sounder because that's something else we've been tuned into recently since uh since the olympics have started but i think we'd probably get sued if we played that nbc theme (laughs) there's some sort of copyright issue i feel like they'd be pissed at us (laughs) (laughs) but all right real quick to to give a a live update uh here on tuesday night we're we're recording on a tuesday Uh, i know we said we'd be done with the the shuffling around but i I got some stuff i got to do tomorrow night um so we had to record tonight um, but live update at 7.42 p.m. here on, on Tuesday, July 27th. The medal count for the Olympics. Currently, as far as gold medals go, China and Japan are tied for the most with 10, and the United States is right behind them with 9. But the United States has the most overall medals with 25. China's behind them at 23, and then host Japan at 19. So just a, a quick medal update for for everybody at home. Tyler, I don't know how much of the the Olympics you've been watching, but I've been trying to watch as much as I can. I, I've watched some swimming, some diving, some gymnastics, the men's and women's triathlon, some volleyball. I, I'm trying to watch as much as I can. Obviously, I'm watching the basketball with the men's and women's. I haven't caught any three-on-three yet. But I've seen some highlights on the internet, and it, it hasn't looked too pretty. It's it's not a pretty game. <laughs> it's not a pretty game. It's uh, I mean, typically outdoors and stuff, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's fast paced. I love three on three. Yeah, no, it it is fun. I just I haven't been able to catch it. No, yet. but it it's got some bad reviews, and also you got to understand that like some of these clips you're seeing where you see four or five bad possessions in a row. I think one of the viral ones. It's because there's a time limit at the yeah. end, and they're trying to rush, like each team's trying to just rush up shots. Yeah, and I think most people don't actually know the rules of of what's yeah. going on. Yeah, so there has, I, I mean, I've seen the memes, I've seen the <laughs> the tweets of the poor play, but that's that is kind of the nature of the game. It's not, uh, uh, it's not the prettiest game. It's no, not it's not as fluid as five on five. It's not conventional. People haven't been playing it as long, um, and these teams don't have as much chemistry. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it is high level basketball. It's hard. Um, it's fast, but it you know sometimes not the prettiest. So, h- how much of the Olympics have you been watching? I've watched a good amount. Um, you know, we watched uh, we watched the skateboarding event, which was oh, yeah, dope. that was uh, I think the opening event. Yeah, and 
the first gold medal went to uh i believe a japanese kid japanese kid yep young kid um i mean he burst onto the scene when he was super super young so he was like a teenager when he signed with the SLS, Rob Dudek's SLS, the Street League. Yeah. Which, um, you know, the Olympics took all their scoring format and the park format. From and, that. From SLS, yeah. So that's, I mean, big time. Shout out Rob Dyrdek. I mean, yeah. He's a legend yeah. no matter what. And then, uh, you know, Nigel Houston was kind of the, he's kind of the big name in that group. He's, yep. he's kind of the GOAT of, of the skateboarding world right now. Uh, I think in the telecast, they said that, the only skateboarder more famous than him is tony hawk probably um and he really is that dude he, he maybe him and rob deerdeck he, he didn't um unfortunately he didn't medal he's you know he was like one of the oldest skaters out there which was yeah. kind of weird because he was a, a child uh phenom as well but um seeing the skateboarding events was cool young you know and then with the girls you had the young girls winning yep. um gold and silver uh skateboarding's you know kind of just it's it's awesome to see it's in the olympics you know it's come a long ways it's that kind of goes back to you know the 90s and looking down upon certain i was watching some surfing earlier today in the studio when i was working i just had it on one of the tvs just just because like when i've been at work since the olympics have been on i've been just trying to find whatever channel there's an event going on just because i want to see what's on yep yep and you know I think skateboarding knocks down the door for stuff like even video games someday. Um, Maybe. I think that's where we're going. Um, but I, I got to watch, uh, we watched some swimming, uh, which is always, for some weird reason, exciting. Katie Ledecky had a meta, one, uh, one of multiple finals uh, yeah. tonight on Tuesday, and unfortunately she did not medal in, the, I believe it was the 200-meter. Um, watch some. Uh, I don't remember which event, but I know it was 200 meters. Watched uh watch some women's three by three some three on three uh watch a couple men's three on three what was the other one weird i think we saw one of the baseball games yeah i've seen some softball games softball that's what it was yeah uh yeah because usa lost to japan right yeah they did yep, and the gold medal yep. came today yep so uh we caught some of that um yeah, I mean, just catching random, like you said, you just kind of catch the random stuff you can catch when you're in front of the TV. Yeah. Not necessarily like sitting down and watching all these events, but um, well, you know, catching a little bit when we can. Let's be real here. I, I hate the tape delay stuff with the Olympics that's been going on, and I know it sucks with the time difference and all of that being in Japan and wa- trying to watch it here in the United States, but I just feel like NBC hasn't done the greatest job with broadcasting it. We were talking before how you guys were up early to watch the team USA game on Sunday morning for the basketball game against France, but it was only on Peacock live. And then you could only watch it later on in the tape delay on something else on NBC or on YouTube TV or whatever platform you could watch it on. They've got a lot going on with all that kind of streaming devices, different or streaming services, different, you know, different sports, different events being in on different things um it's pretty crazy yeah it's it's a lot of coordination to make it happen uh but yeah i mean overall though this olympics has just kind of been like blah i just i mean obviously okay so the yeah. big news today was simone yeah. biles pulling out of team the team gymnastics finals yep. um first it was reported it was a physical injury then it came out that it was obviously dealing she was dealing with some mental issues and she just needed to take a step back I believe she's still allowed to compete in the individual competitions she was scheduled to compete in. Yep. She just 
withdrew from the team gymnastics final um, where she was paired up with three other gymnasts um, from the United States. But um, obviously she got a lot of backlash from that. I, at the end of the day, for me, it's just like, I don't really, I can't really falter if she's not feeling it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing you can say to somebody um, as far as like athletics go and not being able to perform. Yeah. If she didn't feel like she could perform, like, yeah, you're, you're not going to go out there if you don't feel safe or confident. And she's, I mean, she's She's the best, the greatest of all time when it comes to gymnastics for the United States. Like, yeah, give feel, her a break. Yeah, I feel bad for any backlash she's getting right now, and I hope that she gets to a spot where she can compete still in the Olympics. Yeah. Now, I just I think there were a lot of expectations uh, coming into the games for the United States. There, there always always is, obviously. But um, we we mentioned the the Team USA men's basketball game against France, and I mean that was their first loss in. 25 games since, dating back since to the Argentina. Yeah, to the 2004 bronze medal game. No, the game that put them in the bronze medal. Right. Like that was yes. their first loss since winning the the bronze medal game kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, France and in the United States it it just wasn't a good showing for for the red, white and blue. They they lost 83 to 76. Um I don't. I don't know if you got a chance to to actually end up watching the game because I know you, you were struggling with the streaming, um, but the the United States they started Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Bam Adebayo, and Draymond Green. I think that was probably the starting lineup. Uh, I think we were expecting. Say it one more time. Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Bam Adebayo, and Draymond Green. Yep, I guess. Uh... Maybe might have put D Book over Levine. Well, D Book didn't show up to the team hotel till one a.m. Yeah. on game day. So yeah, yeah, no, so, kind of tough. Uh, but uh, as far as like my prediction, I think that was pretty close. Um, you know, Bam and Draymond being the bigs, Kevin Durant kind of being the third, the third big out there. Yeah. Now the United States, Tyler, they were up double digits multiple times in this game, but in the second half, the French got hot especially thanks to Evan Fournier, who led all scorers in the game with 28 points. He hit some big threes along with Nick Batum down the stretch to help the French come back and win the game. Team USA went on an 18-5 to run in the fourth quarter, and it was 74-67 to with like four and a half minutes to go. And then they didn't score again until Damian Lillard made two of three free throws to halt a 14-0 run by the French. French is, I mean, they're a good basketball team for sure. Um, but this this USA team just doesn't have any any juice right now. No, no spirit. They they played a lot of ISO ball in the second half. You know, they you know, we can get away with so much with talent, but some of these national teams, you know, they've been playing with these guys forever. I mean, Gobert and Fournier have had to have been playing f- together for so long. Yeah. Now Kevin Durant, Nanad DiColo, I'm sure was yeah. Was Nando DiColo was out there. Sure, it was Frank on the team. Frank Nicotino, he got a DMPCD. Yeah, what was Vincent? Uh, Vincent Poirier. Poirier is out there. I'm sure. You know, I, I'm not even looking at their team. I'm just thinking Tyler. of the class, Batum. Yeah, Batum was out there. Yeah, I mean, this is a good basketball team. So, I mean, they're like of the of the four or five really good basketball teams in the Olympics. They're one of them. You know. Yeah. So. To to break it down real quick, 
Kevin Durant, he he got in early foul trouble. Uh, so because he had to switch on to Gobert as another big for the United States. So that, that was already a tough matchup for him. So that got him in some early foul trouble. But both him and Damian Lillard did not shoot well at all overall in the game. They shot a combined 7 of 22 from the field and 4 of 15 from 3. Like I said about Devin Booker not showing up to the team hotel until 1 a.m. Uh, on game day, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were also on the same flight as Devin Booker on the same bus and everything. So they showed up on game day, but Drew Holiday ended up leading the United States in scoring with 18 points off the bench, and he even played the most minutes off the bench uh, and just in general for the team with 28 total minutes. But I just I wasn't really sure what Pop was thinking once the French went big you mentioned Vincent Poirier, Rudy Gobert, both seven-footers. I just I think Pop should have played JaVale McGee a little bit more. He only I, I don't even think JaVale played more than two minutes in the game. But I I just don't think that they can solely rely on Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo to be the, the main rebounders for this team. It, it's got to be a team effort. Uh, I think uh, Pop was playing favorites with Keldon Johnson and stuck with him a little bit too long I just he didn't have the size to battle with the French big men yeah JaVale definitely should have got more more minutes more play even though he's not like a a big name guy he can he can perform against these these centers and he at least gives you some length again I mean because he's really the only one that gives you length against yeah. Gobert yeah, well, him and Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant doesn't have the yeah. the the, the nah, brute strength and, and to compete with And that's not what Gobert. Kevin Durant wants to be doing. He does not want to be battling on boards like that. No, you and you saw it. He got in early foul trouble yeah. because of it, and it took him out of his rhythm. He couldn't find his shot. No, that's why he doesn't play center. And and him and Damian Lillard, they missed some clutch shots down the stretch when the United yeah. States went on that scoreless streak. That's the thing. It's like, man, you know, we got Damian Lillard out there. We've got Kevin Durant out there. We've got De Devin Booker out there. Well, I we mean, need to be able to get buckets. We need to be able to hit shots and get offense going and get, you know, just wide open shots. Like, these are top-tier players. Uh, we should be getting dunks and layups against these teams. Well, first, I think Pop, Pop's gotten a lot of criticism being the national coach since he's taken it over from Mike Krzyzewski. I just I don't think his style of play is right for the international game. Um, they're they're really running yeah. what the Spurs run and well, I mean, I think his style of play isn't necessarily the issue uh, because his style of play is very similar to the Olympic style of play. Eh. But I think he, if anything, now I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be harsh on coach because I think they're still gonna win gold. I, well, I, think, I, mean, I think they have the turn on ability. Uh, I do but too. But he may be a re little relaxed. You know, I don't know if 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 he's, you know got intensity to get them up for games well, i mean listen uh, losing know. their first olympic game since 2004 that's a pretty big deal no it's tough definitely but this is probably the least amount of talent we've had on a team since then as well right but People we need have to remember but, this isn't team usa's a but team we, but we have talent i mean there's no excuses we should be winning we should be beating uh france there's just no excuses yeah, I, I completely agree. I said it on hopefully we get another shot. I said it on Twitter, go, going on an eighteen to five run and then going scoreless for four and a half minutes while allowing a sixteen to two run, that's just unacceptable. I met Tony Parker the day before that game. 
It was a did bad I, omen. Did I, did I text you that? Yeah, you did, and you also saw Chosen Rosen. Ch yep, I met Chosen Rosen. I'm not gonna put these guys on blast, but one was cool and one was not. I have a feeling. I think people, whatever you're feeling, you're right. With who would be the, uh, but yeah, I met. Okay, I met, well, you I, can talk about it all. I, I met. Uh, I met. I met Tony Parker himself, who you know, I. I've always had a thing for TPs because my initials are TPs, so TPs kind of always get this like slight favoritism towards them. I love the Pop Spurs and stuff, so that was it was cool to meet him, obviously. Uh, and then Josh Rosen, you know, being I'm such a you know obsessed with quarterbacks and and analyzing quarterbacks and watching quarterbacks. So well, he's really, such an enigma himself as a quarterback. And and kind of you know it's just like training camp starting you know and homeboys <laughs> eating breakfast so <laughs> it he was really cool though like it was it, it was nice to meet him yeah now I mean like like we were saying though this this isn't Team USA's A team and I think everybody's panicking right now but I still think they advance out of their group and move on to the medal round they play Iran in the middle of the night tonight or tomorrow uh, I think and then they they play the Czech Republic on Saturday. But, I mean, there's guys like Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, all choosing to skip the Olympics. And then, obviously, Kawhi's hurt. LeBron wasn't realistically coming. But there's definitely some guys out there that could have been on this team that chose not to be. And I think yeah. pe people Which are forgetting every that. Year. I think that happens every year, though. You know, yeah, it does happen every year. But I also think the circumstances of the NBA schedule played a lot into who chose yeah. to go to the Olympics yeah. as well. Um, one other quick note for, for team USA, Kevin Durant is realistically going to pass Carmelo Anthony in scoring all time for team USA, this Olympics, it, it might even happen next game against Iran. Kevin Durant's only 15 points behind Melo. Uh, Carmelo Anthony has a total of 336 points scored and for one, team USA. Yeah. And Durant's going to do it in one less Olympics. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. And yeah. I also forgot to mention that Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are the only returning gold medalists for this team from the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so Kevin Durant and Draymond Green are the only two returning players from 2016 in Rio. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It just seems like some of these guys have been around the the Lillards and the Levines and the and the D books. Well, they've been on Team USA teams before, but yeah. they've never competed in the Olympics. They they've maybe competed in yeah. FIBA World Cups and and all of that type of stuff, but yeah. but never the Olympics. Yeah, we don't got we you know we're missing our best player. Giannis isn't playing. It's like, <laughs> Giannis could either play for Nigeria or Greece. I I just always like I, you know uh, I think what is it what movie is it the um, it's like the election movie with Will Ferrell, but oh, you know, it's like a bunch of it, it's like a bunch of it, you know, a bunch of idiots, and he's like the greatest American who ever lived, Jesus Christ, you know. And so I like to the say, campaign, like, the campaign. So I feel like Giannis is like, <laughs> I like to always throw out that joke, that corny joke of Giannis being an American. Like, of course, Americans think like Giannis is an American kid. It's like it, it's like people saying Idris Elba is African American, but he's actually from england yeah like that's what African i'm saying American. americans are just like <laughs> if someone's super dope at what they do they just assume they're american <laughs> i mean america likes claiming to be the best no, that, that's why i think yeah that's uh, i always think it's a funny joke to try to act like pretend like you think Giannis is an american player <laughs> that's so funny um 
Did you see Luca almost broke the the record in his debut for the Olympics for yeah, scoring? What is the record? It's fifty five points. Is it Spencer? In a game. Is this, was it Spencer Haywood or someone weird like that? No, not an American. No, I don't believe it's an American either. Scoring record in basketball, but Luca scored forty eight in his Olympics debut. Okay, Oscar Schmidt. He's a Brazilian Hall of Famer. Fifty five points in nineteen eighty eight. Damn buckets. Yeah. But he had thirty. Luca had thirty-one points in the first half. Yeah, Luca. No, I mean he's a killer in these Olympics. And yeah, I mean this is Slovenia's first time in the Olympics for basketball. So this is his debut for for the national team on the Olympic stage. And I mean, what a debut! Yeah, what he and he had monster numbers in the other category. What 11, 11 rebounds? Yeah, I think so. Five assists. Yeah doing Luca things but at, at halftime i'm pretty sure slovenia had 62 points and he had 31 yeah that's legit and then the the u.s women's team beat nigeria in their first game last night uh so they're they're off to uh yeah and i a think one women, women's women's soccer is off to a bad start i mean it's been a bad start for american sports and olympics in general it's, yeah i keep forgetting about these things yeah but hey we're still uh leading the medal count uh overall with a 27 it's and okay it's now 802 yep. on tuesday there has been updates on the yeah. medal leaderboard of course man we're rolling it's the olympics japan now has the most gold medals at 11 china still has 10 united states still at nine but the united states has 27 total medals china has 23 and japan is at 20 we're not counting those other ones let's be real no we're not so we're, we're technically in third we're in third place <laughs> But all it's, right. it's dope for Japan, though. Shout out Japan for uh, for getting to host and perform well. Yeah. You know, no, they've it's... had some great performances. Upsetting USA softball, uh, getting the skateboarding golds. Yeah. I think they got both, guys and girls. Yeah, they did. So it's like they're killing it. Yeah. So, all right, that, that does it for the Olympics. Um, but what do you know, Tyler? We actually got some football to talk about it. We 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 said earlier that we were we're filling the the wheels in motion for fantasy football, but now it's time to talk some NFL training camp. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That's as good as as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson, toward the end zone. The hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. So, I think the biggest off-season storyline this off-season for the nfl has been the aaron Rodgers green bay packers saga am i wrong no definitely it's uh it's fitting that you know wisconsin's really just bleeding this drama out while their teams are well because last nba off-season i got old takes exposed myself tyler when milwaukee when the bucks won the championship I literally tweeted out. I said, "It's gonna be so funny in a week when all of these Bucks fans' happiness, when all their happiness turns to sadness, when Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up for training camp 
for the Green Bay Packers next weekend. And lo and behold, I was wrong because Aaron Rodgers showed up to Green Bay Packers training camp today. It was quite a surprise. No one could have known. I think that the, you know, uh, the Bucks, the Bucks winning it, man, that helps too. Can you imagine if he's a part owner? Can you imagine if, you know, they get they get that parade in before LA does? You know, it it could happen. Tyler, they, are, get, they, uh, they already did. LA's get well, no, I'm saying that like if the Packers go and win the the Super Bowl this year and then they do that two sport one that LA hasn't done. Oh God, don't even you know because oh, LA's got I was like the Bucks already. You, well, with the World Series and the in the NBA Finals in 2020. No, it's, I know, it's like I know what Bucks, you mean now. The Bucks and the the you know, the Bucks and the Packers could be could be champs same year. It's crazy. Uh, Pat McAfee coined this Rogers. Yeah, I mean. Pat McAfee coined this Rogers uh, Green Bay season as the last chance. Yeah, the the I, I don't think there's any chance. <laughs> You know, I don't think there's any chance he comes back. Well, no, no, no. He's saying the last chance for them to win a Super Bowl yeah, with Aaron Rodgers. It is. Um, and and it gives them another year to bring Jordan Love along, get him ready one more year. Um, I, you know, see if they can get Devontae Adams to be tricked into signing long-term with them. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, I mean, but, there's, uh, there's a good I mean, possibility Aaron's, now. Aaron got the perfect situation he wanted, essentially – there was a compromise made right um and and it was a good one i think he he played it right he's gonna play one more season with the packers while they're they're still legit and then you know he's gonna have his choice of where to go so yesterday it was reported by adam schefter who was the insider for espn who dropped the bombshell initially on draft day that there was problems between aaron Rodgers and the packers front office but it came out yesterday from Adam Schefter that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers were getting closer to coming to an understanding that would appease Rodgers enough to show up for training camp this week and play this season for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they had made progress since that initial report yesterday for Rodgers to show up to training camp today, but there were some conditions that the Packers had to meet according to Adam Schefter, that Aaron Rodgers had requested be met before he shows up. Um, I'll just go through them real quickly. Uh, reportedly, the the 2023 year in Rodgers' contract, the last one on his current deal, so he was under contract, obviously, for this season, but then he was under contract for one more. Um, that season now uh, will be void, and the Packers won't be able to to franchise tag him or anything like that. Uh, Rodgers is essentially a free agent after this season. Yep. Um, the Packers would also have to agree to review his situation at the end of this season. So, I mean, there could be extension talks at the end of the season, depending on how they go. Um, but, I mean, the Packers would have to make significant changes to, I think, how they just operate completely as a franchise for Rodgers to be happy to to stay long-term after this year. Yeah, I don't know how they could get it done. Now, I didn't think that he would actually suit up for the Packers this year. Neither did I. But I, at the same time, I just I never really knew what he was going to do. Uh, I didn't know what the Packers were going to do. Uh, they they made something happen that I didn't know was in, in the cards. Yeah. Uh, so they could do that again for sure. You know, like one trade, 
Well, or or so there's two or, more stipulations. You know, one higher, you, you just you never know. So the, there are two more stipulations. Rogers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income, but they would figure out a way to restructure his contract for this year to give the Packers more cap room now. So that gives them some yeah. flexibility to make some moves. Then I kind of already mentioned this, but mechanisms will be put in place to address Aaron Rodgers' issues with the team. So that is, I think, what I mentioned before, those processes to completely overall how the franchise operates and and all of that. Now, if Packers officials were to sign off on all of, well, excuse me, if Packers officials were to sign off their willingness to trade Rodgers after this season and an agreement is finalized soon, that gives Rodgers the freedom to choose where he wants to play next season. So, he's shown up to training camp, but will he be traded this season? I don't think so anymore. Now that he's shown up to training camp. No. I just, I the trade one was always the hardest for me to, that was the, the hardest because, for me to believe because it's just impossible to trade someone of that talent. Right. We, we, we said multiple times we never thought the Packers would get equal value. I really didn't think the Broncos or the Niners could or anybody else really put together a package that could really just you could get excited about. You're just you're losing and you're letting a, a Hall of Fame MVP go to another team. Yeah. So I mean, they got him for one more year. I think that that's really all you can ask for. Um, you know, I I think the Packers won. It, it, the Packers won in this scenario, and Aaron Aaron Rodgers won if he feels like he won. I mean. He may feel like he's taking a little bit of a loss by having to play there this year, but in my mind, he he's going to get to free agency a year earlier than he wanted to, and another or earlier than he signed up for. Another thing that was reported was Aaron Rodgers wanted to be reunited with Randall Cobb, and now there are reports after Aaron Rodgers showing up to training camp today that the Packers are trying to make a trade with the Texans to reunite Randall Cobb with the Green Which Bay Packers is like once again. The easiest request ever. I mean, God, the guy. Randall Cobb yeah. is a, is a you know thirty plus slot wide receiver. He should be you know traded for peanuts essentially. Yeah, and I mean, listen, if if that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers wants is one of his old guys and old buddies to come back, I don't really think that's too hard of a request to fulfill. No, no, not at all. No, they need to go. You know, just I mean, do do whatever he wants. Essentially, you know, you got to give him the LeBron treatment. Yeah, for sure. So you gotta let you gotta let him in the room. You gotta let him have a seat at the table uh, when you're making decisions about the roster and your play style and your and you know your your essentially your your strategies on Sundays. Yeah, and now with Aaron Rodgers entering the 17th year with the Green Bay Packers, he would one officially more, one more year than Brett Favre. He'd officially become he'd officially become the longest tenured Packer ever. Yeah. Bart Starr and, and, and Brett Favre both played 16 seasons. Yeah. And he was about to leave this year at 16. He almost almost did it. How crazy is that? One more year than Brett Favre, I think, is 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 good. Screw Brett Favre. I'm, <laughs> I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a problem with Brett Favre anymore. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm Rodgers over Favre. No, I know. I know. Um, all right. Um Two other quick notes from the world of the NFL. Um, another big storyline from this offseason that um, I think is kind of 
not necessarily been swept under the swept under the rug, but it's kind of just has been there's been no new news regarding it. Um, but Deshaun Watson has shown up in Houston. There's a lot surrounding Deshaun Watson. He wasn't happy with Houston to start the offseason and had requested a trade. He wants out all of that. Then all of these sexual assault allegations come down on Deshaun Watson, and, I mean, his camp pretty much goes dark. And now he's shown up to training camp in Houston. He's cleared as a full participant in all activities with the team. And, I mean, he's got all of these legal battles ahead of him, but he's also still on the trading block. He's going to be tough to move, uh, and he's going to be tough to play. It's it's going to be yeah. T- I mean, we don't even a, know. It's if... going to be a tough play. I hope that he gets the opportunity to play and just kind of distract himself. Well, and focus in on football, um, and whether that be for the Houston Texans or another team. Uh, but I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't see how you could trade someone like that because he's a star. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like. Are you just going to trade the guy away because of because of his you know his situation right now that could go either way? Yeah, you know. So now and regarding that trade situation, him, you could either trade him like the star he is, or trade him like the liability. In you know he could be charged. Now he hasn't been charged yet, right? But it could ha- it could happen. So it's it's kind of a weird thing. Do you trade him for to try and get the value you could have got for him, or you just trade him just to get him out of your organization yeah and then if you're the team trading for him what do you, you are know, you trading for him for be a now starter or, or for the future exactly it's a weird it's a weird dynamic with trades so i don't think that's going to happen um honestly i think the most likely scenario is he starts for the texans well i'm i think the most realistic scenario is Roger Goodell puts him on the commissioner's exemplist and we don't see him play for the Texans at all this year, Which or at least until his legal situation gets figured out. And regarding that, I think it's safe to say for, for both of us, if he's guilty of what he's been accused of, throw the book at him, put him in jail, all of that. If it is comes out that he is not guilty of what happens, he should be allowed to play and there should yeah, just be like everybody proper else. repercussions yeah. for yeah, for those for sure. that accused him yeah it, no exactly it's all gonna it's all gonna you know go, come down to to the legal battle um and and com- and the commissioner could easily do that you know he's showing up he's doing what he needs to do um and that's all that's all he really can do you know it's yeah. essentially up to the commissioner if he plays or not and i mean realistically the reason he showed up to training camp today and also realistically aaron Rodgers showing up to training camp today is they wanted to avoid getting fined by their yep, team for exactly. missing training camp. No, exactly. So they're doing what they need to do. Uh, Deshaun's doing what he needs to do. Um, and, you know, only time will tell with that situation. There's nothing really he can do right now uh, yeah. as far other than just show up. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing, with obviously training camp starting this week, that means hard knocks is starting soon. And this year it's with the Dallas Cowboys so you know Jerry Jones is about to make things very entertaining for the viewers of Hard Knocks this season. Um, I'm, I'm I always look forward to Hard Knocks because yeah, I think it's, it's a- an entertaining peek inside to what an NFL team goes through in training camp. 
players always talk about what a grueling process it is and I just I love the peek behind there's, the curtain. There's there's a there's a part of, you know, there's a part of sports everybody wants to see that's more rated R, you know, the more gritty side of it, yeah. but you can't necessarily broadcast it on primetime national television and HBO has just done such a good job with bringing us original type of content uh in sports. Like there's nothing like it. It really is um a unique a, a unique show and a great show. I mean, yeah, always look. No, the to NFL hard, has hard crushed it yeah. with the creation of Hard Knocks, and I, I wish other teams or other other leagues yeah. would would do something like that. No, they should. So Tyler saw me fist pump uh, as as he was talking about that. I got an ESPN alert that Katie Ledecky rebounded from her worst Olympic showing of her career in that previous event that I talked about that that yeah. two hundred meter race. Uh, she won her sixth career gold medal. In the fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred meter yeah, the freestyle, so another gold medal for the United States. So that's awesome. Katie Ledecky, one of the the greatest female swimmers for the United States, is so tough. That's uh, it's it's thirty it's it's uh it's thirty times down. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a fifty meter pool. Yeah, you know it's, that's a it's a lot, it's a lot. And then um, yeah. I mean that's. That's all I got uh, for the NFL with Hard Knocks. Um, you got anything else tonight, Tyler? You got any shout-outs? No, outs? no, no. I think uh, uh, I think we're good. Oh, I did forget. Uh, we got to go back to the NBA real quick. The playing tournament is officially coming back next year. That was announced today. Yep. And then apparently Shams uh, Trania from The Athletic is now reporting that the league is going to implement new rules to reduce quote non basketball moves to draw fouls starting next season, so we could see players like Trey Young, James Harden, uh, Luka Doncic. Um, they might have to adjust some of their game a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. God, it's just tough. It's a tough game to. It's a tough game to ref. These guys are so good, so athletic. They're moving so fast. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's. There's always going to be a part of the game that's not quite fair, but. That's why it's a game. I think you they're just trying to. Rules. I think they're just trying to do away with a lot of the egregious ones. No, and, and they should. That those are the ones you should get rid of. It's just it's going to be tough, you know, because yeah. where do you draw the line? Yeah, but all right, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? No, I think uh, I think we're good. All right, I'm shouting out the Cleveland Guardians, the the Cleveland Indians, the the Major League Baseball team in Cleveland. After this season, will be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Their, their new name is inspired by the, I guess they have these large stone sculptures on this bridge that uh, connects downtown Cleveland to Ohio City. It's called the Hope Memorial Bridge. So uh, I guess the, they're, those stone sculptures are known as traffic guardians hmm. in Cleveland. So uh, that's, that's uh, a reach. I, yeah, hey, that's what they're going with. That's what they're going with. Uh, the team might have a legal battle, though, on their hands because a local roller derby team had already been named the Cleveland Guardians and owns the website domain name, all of that type of stuff. Uh, oh, fuck. They're about to be paid. <laughs> so the, the I hope they're going all in. The Cleveland Guardian roller derby team was not happy about this announcement. Um, they, they weren't too happy about the baseball team taking their name. There's going to be a dominant roller derby franchise starting in Cleveland now when they get that money. <laughs> but now, obviously, they're they're changing their name 
because uh, they they were called the Cleveland Indians. Uh, this isn't the first team to to change their name because of backlash from the the Native American community. The Washington Football Team obviously was the first, uh, the most recent. Yeah, yeah. Will we see the Braves, the Chiefs, the Blackhawks, Florida State Seminoles? Will, will we see them change their names next? Like what? I think the my my opinion on that one has always been like the the Chiefs to me seem like the most legit one like that that one seems like the most like legit one to stay because it's like it's like a ranking you know what i mean it's like the kings it's it it, it's it's not necessarily like so politically incorrect in my mind yeah like to me like chief is like king you know yeah it's a ranking it's not like a a type of person right or skin you know like right. uh, you know a certain race of people right um chiefs are of tribes of and i would assume of all tribes yeah and i mean listen the the cleveland indians now the cleveland guardians the, the indians like that like you know that one to me seems pretty bad obviously washington redskins was probably the worst one yeah um and and you know they got rid of that one first yeah the, and i mean the indians they the, had already the gotten Bra- rid of the chief wahoo logo the braves logo and the braves that's like well they've gotten I rid of like the tomahawk chop yeah i don't know i feel like that that one's probably the most likely to go next purely because the, the indians NH- have already done it the nhl team has been around is one of the original six, I believe. Yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks are one of the original six. That one's going to be – that one in Florida State, I feel like just because of their tenure and legacy are going to be hard to overturn. Well, in Florida State, that's actual – like, that's an actual name for a tribe. The Seminole tribe is actually in Florida. Like, yeah, so, so okay, so there's, like, they have a little more leeway there. But Indians, man, come on, that was long overdue. Yeah. Good, so. for, the, good, for, the, good for the Cleveland, and the, but uh, the Guardians, <laughs> man, come on, that was – I feel like they, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but making it easier for them to change things based on the lettering. Yeah, keeping the D-I-A-N-S at the end I definitely think, makes things easy I think for that them, was merch-wise. Part, I think that was an unfortunately big part of the plan. I, they don't, they, I don't think they gave a shit what their team's called. Who cares? I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I think we are definitely right to speculate that that definitely played a role in the decision-making yeah, process. Yeah, unfortunately, so it's like, okay whatever yeah so all right with that that wraps up episode 205 of the sports kingdom show for tyler pacholke i'm eric the duke of sports scholar be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram follow us at the duke of sports and at tyler pacholke We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.